Join us on Faith in the Fast Life for inspiring stories of faith and action sports. Explore the exciting intersection of faith and extreme sports with top athletes and thought leaders. So grab your gear and come along for the ride as we discover the ultimate rush of faith in the fast life. Welcome to Faith in the Fast Life. We have Freddie Noren with us here. We are in Seattle at uh, Supercross. We are inside a convention hall, so it might get a little noisy. <laughs> a little bit different than normal. It's it's kind of cold inside. It's like we're like in a cold dungeon right now. So it's my first Seattle experience. So well, it's kind of like that. It's kind of a cold sure. dungeon. They got all the doors open, right? We're inside, but it's still kind of freezing. But yeah, right. Hopefully it'll be better tomorrow. It's like, <laughs> doesn't like putting you inside and then opening all the doors so you feel like you're outside. Yeah, exactly. Because right? it's not exactly warm in Seattle right now. But Fred, 45, right? So it's it pretty cold. tops. We were riding the scooters yesterday. Like knuckles are just, you know, snots freezing to your face oh, like yeah. Dumb and Dumber. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. But Freddie <laughs> Noren, thank you for being here, man. It's, yeah, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. I, I'm excited about this. We've been talking about this for a while now, actually. Yeah. And um, I'm happy we're finally uh, finally doing it. So I'm excited to see what God can kind of do with this, I guess. And uh, yeah. go from there. Okay. Yeah, see, there it is. There's a horn blaring in the background inside of a of a convention hall at a stadium for a Supercross race. So we're here, man. And, and uh, great season so far. Things going good for you with the Mad Parts team and... and uh, you doing good this year, right? Yeah, it's been it's been good. It's been I had a few rounds uh was a little bit of a roller coaster to put it that way. Uh, I had a I got taken out pretty roughly and then I didn't ride well for a couple rounds. It's been a little bit like so so, but it, in general, like it's been good. I'm healthy. Um I have some gotten some solid points, some solid rides. Uh, I know my speed's pretty good. Um just a few things I need to work on as far as an athlete, I guess uh you know, I need to ride a little bit more, but in general, life for me has been uh, rather wild lately, to put it that way. Um, my wife and I were building a log cabin in the North Carolina mountains, mountains. Uh, so we've been, you know, trying to do BGCs and, and build, and it's our first build ever. And then, you know, obviously being a racer and being a, a dad and, and a husband and a friend. So it's like trying to mix all of those things together. It's been pretty wild, but... Overall, like I'm, I'm happy with this season. We still have six more rounds to go, so I've got plenty of opportunities to, uh, to go do, uh, do well. So yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, man, that's like, it's awesome to build a house. We've we've done that as well. Not a log cabin, but uh, I've, I've been that GC before, so I know I know what you're <laughs> dealing with right now. It's a little hectic. I was not a professional motocrosser at the time, though, so I can't I can't attribute to that, but. <laughs> Uh, well, man, let's, Freddie, let's, let's go back a little bit. Like, let's tell us about Freddie. Like, where'd you come from? Tell us about your, your childhood. Like, let's get a little background for the, for the listeners. Yeah. So as I mentioned in the beginning of the, the show, I'm, I'm Frederick Norin. I'm born and raised in Sweden, the country. Um, I got three siblings, a sister, two older brothers. I'm, I'm the baby of the family. Um, came to America the first time in 2011 to race motocross. Uh, came for six months, would go home to Sweden during the winters to work, and then did the same for 12 and then 13, and then been here full-time since 2014. Uh, I have a green card now. Really need to apply for my citizenship because I, I pretty much feel like an American. Yeah. Uh, and I'll I'll be here for life. Uh, but that's kind of the story that brought me to America. So for racing, 
Uh, I met my my beautiful wife Amy in 2012, uh, the fall of 2012, uh, and we got married in 2015. Uh, and she was a huge part of uh, me uh, coming to know the Lord, to put it that way. Uh, from growing up, like I have a great family in Sweden, very nice people, but uh, they are not Christians. I did not grow up mm-hmm. with those principles. Um, majority of people by me are not Christians. I would say in general, as far as I know, at least the areas I've been, Christianity is not a very big or hip thing or, or a very accepted thing where I grew up in Sweden. So, you know, I grew up with the mentality of, uh, that's just stupid, um, fairy tale. I know how to live my life type of mentality. Yeah, that's like, I, I don't need um, whatever they're talking about. Obviously, there's lots of churches and, and stuff like that. But uh, so I was not necessarily like anti like Christianity, but I certainly wasn't for it either. So like if someone would come up to me and say, Hey, I'm a Christian, I'd be like, Okay. Yeah, cool. But right. I I don't I don't care. Not gonna hate you. No, nah, like, yeah, when whatever. Yeah, I, I, you know, like, I know this story because it was me. Right? Yeah, I was I didn't <laughs> yeah. grow up in any of this either. Yeah. So what time are you so in Sweden then? Like how old were you when you first came to the States? So I just turned nineteen. Um, okay. so I just turned thirty one actually the other day. Yeah, actually yesterday. But it was, uh, uh, birthday, so, thank you. perfect. Uh but yes, yeah, so I just turned nineteen when I came over here. I just graduated high school. So, like, if there's churches and everything, but is that just the circle of people that you're hanging out with, or is that kind of like a, a Sweden thing that, like, there's other religions that are more predominant? Um, so, from my experience growing up, it's more of the, uh, I need to make sure I use the correct word. Um, it's the more of the traditional part of it. So, like, it, I'm sure Christianity was big once upon a time, you know, the Catholic faith back then. That's why we have the churches, you know, Catholic churches, you know, here here in the States, you know, you go to non-denominal church and you can be in a, you know, they can be in any type of location um, where, you know, when you look at a traditional church, you think of a Catholic church. So we have a lot of those. Um, but as far as like seeing people with a genuine Christian faith, I had never seen. Right. So they had a lot of religion and the religious part of it of, of going to the Catholic church and, and going through the motions, but maybe not walking with Christ in relationship the way you now do today. Yeah, definitely. Like we don't even go to go to church, like even not the, the religion of go, or tradition of going to church, at least where I grew up, like I had never gone to a, you know, let's say a Sunday, Sunday service, like when I was in Sweden, as far as I can remember. Um, so like, and I didn't see anyone else do that. So it's not even the traditional or doing, going through the motion of going to church. There just are churches there that's been there since 1500, you know, or 1600, yeah. so like old churches. But, and it's, to me, it was more of a, a grave site because that's where you bury your people, you know, yeah. or <laughs> people. <laughs> um, so like, I, I had really no idea or, or uh, thought of what a, a a relationship with the Lord was. Obviously, I'd heard about God and the Bible, and I wasn't very excited about it. You know, I thought it was just religion, whatever. Right. Um, in the areas I grew up. So not saying there aren't places, because 
now when I'm a Christian and I go to Sweden, I kind of, you know, search for it more. Yeah. And you can find, you, you find, I've met genuine, you know, followers of, of Christ are great people. And they showed me some churches and stuff like that are, you know, there are, uh, they have the relationship with the Lord. Um, so it's not like they don't exist. They just, you just didn't really see them or I didn't see them. Right. And I think that's part of it too. Like when we're in the world, the way you used to be, and I used to be for a long period of time, like we would come across Christian people, but maybe never realize they are Christian people. For me, this is a call to all the listeners to, to be bold in your faith, be bold in your walk. If you're a Christian, you're claiming you know, that you've given your heart to the Lord, like it, we've all been called to share that, right? Like we're all called to lead that somebody, we're all leading somebody, right? So, you know, to all the listeners, like, don't be afraid to be bold in, in dark situations when you're in the world. Cause who knows, like there could have been a Christian that you came across at a young age that said something to you that got you turned towards God earlier. Instead, you kind of grew up in an environment where you're like, eh, like, <laughs> cool, you're a Christian, like, okay, great, like, move on. Yeah. But tell me more, because obviously that's how it was in Sweden, and now you get 19 years old. Tell tell me more about the, the, the racing career when you were in Sweden. Like, did you grow up racing motocross at a young age, or? Yeah, so um, for me, like I said, I have two older brothers. My dad rode a little bit of dirt bikes when he was younger as well. Um, so this kind of was in the family. We were never, ever had the idea of, you know, making it anything. You know, it was just a family thing. It was just fun to ride. We, I grew up on the countryside, so like go ride in the fields and, and stuff like that. Go to a local track. You know, once once a week maybe during the summers because it gets freezing cold <laughs> during the win- winters. But um, so as far as racing, it was just just for fun, just a family thing. And um, as far as I can remember, I think it was more like my dad took me to a local race. I raced and then. We met some people and said, hey, you should go here. And we, we started racing a little bit more. Um, and then my oldest brother, he quit racing when he was like 15, got into computers and stuff. So it was just me and my middle brother, and we would go race local races. And I wasn't really that good, actually, like at all. Um, I just, you know, um, just rode for the fun of it like I did today. <laughs> you know, I was 31 years old, and that, I still just love to race. Uh, obviously, it's for for a living now as well. But um, but yes, yeah, so just for fun. And I started doing a little bit better, but nothing too crazy. Um, and then fast forward till I was about uh, fifteen, I think it is. So sixteen, when you turn sixteen, you start high school. I don't know exactly how it how it would be in here in the United States, but when you would start high school in Sweden, um, they had one school that was a motocross school. Um, so they combined motocross with, with school. So you went to a normal school and then, um, you would ride and train. You had two coaches who would ride and train either before and after school. Um, so the school day would be from eight to 6 PM every day. Even if you didn't start school until 10, 10 AM that day, you would go in at eight, you might ride and then, or train, go to school during the day and then come back and do the same after. So, um, there's three grades in, in high school in, in Sweden, so it was we were 21 students total during that. And that's really when I started like progressing a lot as a, as a rider. Like I was good, but I wasn't necessarily that good up until that point. Uh, and then I started riding a lot. So then my motocross career progression went up a lot. Uh, I won the Swedish championship in 2010, the 250 class. 
Uh, but even then, I didn't really really realize that it could be a career because um, you can't make money doing it in Sweden. Uh, and the coach I had at that time, uh, his wife's brother owned a vacation place in California and he wanted to start a team. Um, so he asked, hey, would you want to go to America and race? And as soon as he said that, I was like, heck yeah, I'd love to. So uh, that's kind of how I, I went from transitioning my career in Sweden to coming to America. And then my parents just spent a crap load of money for <laughs> two years coming here. And it kind of, that's what got me in, in the industry here, I guess, uh, the start of it. So I just raced outdoors because um, my visa would only last six months. Okay. Um, and then I would go home to Sweden and work during uh, during the winter. But So that was 19 years old. Yeah, all that started. You actually, I mean, motocross school in Sweden. Like, man, they're doing something right over there. <laughs> I, I might have paid attention It's cool if that would have been around here. I mean, it was normal studies during the day. I guess probably how it is with, let's say, you, yeah, like say you play football or something. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know how that is, but I'm assuming it's probably something. Yeah, football, basketball, yeah. baseball, yeah. hockey, whatever, yeah. Well, that's super cool. So you get over here at 19 years old. What was the that original team called? It was called MX Heaven. Okay. Um, and uh, were they believers? No. No, they're funny. Isn't that funny how that <laughs> works? Motocross heaven, you know? Yeah. Uh, so they were in SoCal. Um, and uh, it was uh, me, let's see, and uh, an Italian guy, and then another Swedish guy, Cali, I came here with uh, on the on the pro side. And then we had a couple amateur riders as well. And he had like a, not this type of setup, but like, kind of similar like it was a trailer that was built out um with like an f450 following it type of type of thing obviously guys don't have that set up really but uh it wasn't like a semi-truck rig kind of just uh we just felt like looked like it a little bit but yeah so that's how we we traveled the the summer uh, i did that in 2011 and 2012 and at the end of 2012 you know my parents are just you know middle class maybe below middle class in sweden so they're like, I don't even know how to did it. Uh, it probably took out a lot of loans, but <laughs> they're like, if you want to keep racing, you got to you got to figure it out on your own. So right. it was a good little, you know, kick in the butt for me because I uh, I would say that I was a rather spoiled kid in the sense where I had at least that entitlement um, of thinking. So like I didn't realize it didn't hit me that this could end. You know, I you know because my parents had helped me. Um, and they were like, hey, we don't have any more money, so if you want to keep racing, you figure it out. So Here we go. Yeah. So did that motivate you to want to figure it out, obviously? Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, um, like I said, I loved racing. And at the end of 2012, I'd met Amy. And she was a professional photographer. She understood. She had actually worked, uh, shot photos at Arena Cross. And she knew some people at RacerX. She knew some people in the industry. So she kind of started helping me a little bit with that um, to to figure figure things out, um, and then uh, um, so I did the twenty thirteen. Uh, me and another Swedish guy would kind of partnered up and rented a house in California, and I actually borrowed money um, from Amy's mom. It's kind of crazy looking back how how things worked out. But so fill us in, like for for listeners, who's Amy to you? So Amy's my wife. Amy Noren, she used to be Amy Schaff. Uh 
Yeah, so... Uh, so you met Amy. Yeah. She was doing photography, so she kind of helped you along, and then eventually she actually gave you a loan so you can keep going. Her mom did, yeah. So so it's kind of crazy, like, looking back. So I went back to Sweden after 2012. So, like, I just met Amy, and we were just really friends. Um, and then, you know, a couple months in after that, we started dating. Uh, and she was a, she was a Christian. Um, and, like, I'm so thankful I met her, and obviously... God had it in plans, but like looking back, like, like she probably should not have like been a, been associated with me. Not not saying it that way, but God really, uh, He really made it because I was, I will put it this way: I was necess- not necessarily a very good guy, to put it that way. Uh, right. You know, drinking a lot, partying, you know, that whole scene. So for Amy to be a um, to have a relationship with the Lord and for her to feel that like it's pretty amazing that God put something in her heart to obviously stay close to me and talk to me and like start a relationship with me uh which is pretty amazing but but yeah so her mom Melanie she loaned me $15,000 I went and bought two bikes and uh, I bought a uh, thirty thirty eight hundred dollar Chevy Express van, um, and just started like, I don't know, uh, just ate potatoes pretty much. Not really, but uh, went for it. Just went for it. I was I didn't even look or think about what could happen. I just I just wanted to ride my bike. So right, yeah, kind of wild. But well, alone from that. So how long? So that's two two thousand. But that would have been uh, going into the 2013 season. So, um, yeah, I went back to Sweden at the end of 2012 because I still only had a six-month visa. And then I came back. um, I came back during the winter for a few weeks um, and then back home to Sweden and then back in the spring for for outdoors. Okay. So then, so 2013, you're in a van, you're doing it, being helped out by your, at that point in time, your girlfriend's mom. (laughs) <laughs> so tell us more about that relationship. How did that prosper into marriage? And, and how did God working through your wife, like how was that conversion able to happen? And I know the story. I was a full-blown cocaine addict and I met my wife who wasn't perfect at that point by any means. But when I told her that I was addicted to cocaine, like like all her roots of Christianity came back. She began to pray over me and all these things. And I, I still, just like you, like you tell me that part and I'm like, yeah, man, like, what a connection. Cause like I look at my wife often and I go like, why does she stick around? Yeah. She truly saw my heart. She saw that there was a good person in there that just needed Jesus. Yeah. And, and it's gotta be the same for you. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would assume that's probably how Amy saw as well. Cause like, if you look at the, the big picture of it, like she should not have even, you know, in a sense, try to have a relationship with me, but she did obviously cause she felt and could see that well, she obviously knew I needed Jesus because uh, I did, <laughs> like we all do. Yeah. Uh, but she must have also seen more, obviously. So, um, yeah. So for me, on, on my perspective, like looking at her, like up until that point, I thought Christians were just weird. You know, like ah, oh, Christians are weird. I don't, I don't know. If, I'm Bible thumping goody goodies. Yeah. So uh, meeting her, I'm like, okay, she's a Christian, and she's normal. She's cool she's fun she's not weird like okay so that's kind of where it kind of started it clicked a little bit for me 
um, as far as like just seeing her and her, you know, I went to church with her and just, she obviously spoke about Christ, God. And so that's kind of where that it started, you know, changing me a little bit in my heart. And then just how God started putting people in my life that were Christians. So one of the 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 biggest influencers to me in the beginning of my walk was God put Trey Kennard in you know in my life um and at that time he was obviously racing and winning and and it's, it's like looking back I still live with the factory hunt in 2014 like looking back Justin Barsha was injured and Trey would be my teammate so like that's very early on in my Christian Christian walk and then he puts a a a, a, guy, a guy like that he has very strong beliefs and he's, he's very genuine and just an awesome guy and he's a uh, very strong believer and it that and just all of these things obviously things before Trey had started like I'd met other people and you know started going to church stuff like that but it was just kind of amazing how God just lined all of these things up for me to see him yes right it's amazing how he does that like honestly <laughs> he puts what you never noticed before when you were in Sweden and all of a sudden you start to catch wind a bit and then there's another person, there's Trey, there's this person, there's that person, and he's 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 building you up, right? Like he's strengthening you in your walk. So when did you like was there a certain time that you remember that you actually gave your heart to Christ and said, like, that's it, like I, I yeah. get what you're doing and I'm in? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean it was it was a, a rough go or a rough path. Um you know, I was, you know, obviously the, the the decision to follow follow the Lord fully was was bumpy in the beginning. And so, so I met Amy in the fall of 2012, and then I went back home to Sweden. But we obviously talked on the phone a lot and stuff like that. And um, come spring of 2013, um, I remember laying in bed in California. I I had done something wrong because I obviously. I'm doing wrong things all the time. I still do, but like, uh, I'm still a sinner. I guess to put it that way, but like, um, I had done something that was not very good. Um, something that had hurt Amy a lot. And I remember just laying in bed and kind of cry or crying out to God, like, God, I, I, I keep messing up. I keep, doing things wrong I I think I can do it on my own I just keep messing it up and I kind of like if you're there whatever you are if you're a god like take the wheel like I I can't do it on my own and uh that was I just felt this this presence of the Lord kind of come over me at that time just laying in bed at night just broken down like bottom of the pit and uh yeah it was it was wild, but that's when it really, like, really changed. And, like, it felt real. You know, I could feel. You allowed yeah. yourself to be vulnerable enough that you could truly open your heart and let him come in and do work. Yeah. And I think that's part of our problem as humans. I mean, especially men at times, right? Like, oh, I got this. I can do this. Oh, yes. I can do that. I can do this. And so, like, we never fully allow ourselves to become vulnerable or humble enough to really let him in to be the Lord of our lives, right? Yeah. Like we can call on him all day long, but how often are we actually allowing him to be the Lord of our life? Like allowing him to make every decision for us. And that's, and even as seasoned Christians, if you will, like that still is hard to do. 
Yeah, yeah. Hard we, to we, do. we got it right. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah. So pretty amazing. So that was 2013. How spring of 2013? Yeah, that you really let him in. And then when did you and Amy get married? We got married in 2015, July, uh, July 5th, <laughs> day after Fourth of July. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously, we we spent a lot of time together. She's from Ohio, so I would go to Ohio. And, and be there. I would be down in, in South Carolina quite a bit uh, at south of the border at that time. And, uh, and then in 2014, like I said, I still live for, for factory Honda. And then they hired me as a test rider going into 2015. So I started spending a lot of time in California and actually stayed with Amy's uh, half-sister um, for a while, uh, her and her husband and their kids. Uh, and then eventually I, I rented a house out there and then um, yeah, then Amy and I got married in, in July of 15, um, two years, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, about two and a half years after they started dating, but okay, yeah, it's been, it's been an amazing journey. Like I, I love, she's awesome. I'm so glad I got put her and put her in my life. I don't even know where I would be without without her stuff he's always watching out for us right he's watching out yeah yeah it's been a been a cool cool uh amazing journey so far and it just keeps going so we'll see what god has in store for us now um i have two daughters as well so you know entering that chapter on my life as well and and it's it's pretty cool to see you know like even god's uh how god works with with them as well and just I don't know. It's, right. it's pretty amazing. You get to mentor them and and teach them the ways of the Lord that you never got to learn. Yep, uh, which is always fun as well. And you're called to be the pastor of your household, and you realize that. But God said you were the pastor of your house. You have to leave your family to the Lord. It's kind of daunting at times when you think <laughs> about it. And you're like, wait, I have to do that? Yeah. But He's equipped you. He's given He's given you what you need. Yeah. It, for me, it's like uh, also when it's not. It's not up to me to save someone, right? Or I just need to do, you know, I just need to, I need to follow God and have that relationship with God and he's going to do what he needs to do through me. Um, and I just need to be willing. So as long as I I, uh, I pray and, and keep myself willing for the Lord and uh, and live for him uh, and do my best, I'm, I'm certain he will, he will take the wheel. So Absolutely. I heard it said once uh, by Pastor... Dr. Joaquin Molina, he's a, he's a preacher down in Miami, super cool dude. I heard him speak at a, at a men's conference once, and he said that it's our job to make walking with Jesus look so attractive that our children never have a reason to want to look anywhere else. Yeah, I like that. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. <laughs> you know, because we're happy. Yeah. We're having fun. Like, you, I mean— you're 31 years old. You still get to do this every weekend. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't have to do this. You get to do this. You get to race your motorcycle tomorrow. Like how amazing is that? Oh. Like God could have taken this in so many different ways. So you get to have fun and love Jesus at the same time. Like it's awesome. It is. It's pretty awesome. It's like, yeah, like you said, I get to wake up and go ride my dirt bike. And most of the times my family isn't with me this weekend, but most of the times they get to travel with me. And uh, yeah, it's if it wasn't for the Lord, I would certainly not be sitting here right now, and I certainly would not be racing still. So, it, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty awesome. So, man, Freddie, as we kind of close here, I always ask everybody, what's one thing 
that you want the listeners to to grab a hold of? Like, what what's one thing you want to leave them with? Uh, let's leave them with. Are you like are we talking like uh, an application type of thing? Just like or? yeah, anything, whatever, whatever God puts in your heart right now. Like, what is it? Like, what's one thing that when you before you were a believer that you wished you would have known, or something that you just what do you want them to know? What do you want them to take home from Freddie, Frederick Noring? Well, one thing for me that's huge has been a big part of my life and still is, is, you know, for me waking up in the day and just uh, praying to God to just take the wheel. Like, God, just, I'll just follow you. Just submit to him for me. It's huge. And I would say, like, for everyone who's, whether you're, early in your walk or late in your walk or even not walking with the Lord yet, just, you know, taking a time to just, just sit there and him, uh, to say, God, thank you. Just, you go. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It just takes a lot of pressure off for me. So it does. Uh, so you do that first thing in the morning. Yeah. So I would start my day with just, you know, for me, it's, it's reading the Bible, but you know, I just, getting in the in the in the in the tone and and i mean god wants a relationship with us right so just starting the the day with you know talking to god is is huge for me and uh whatever whatever that day may bring i know that god has uh put that in motion and for me to rest in him so uh, i mean it doesn't mean that life gets easy but certainly you said we will we will have trouble in the world but but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's right. That I have overcome it. Maybe that will help some people. I know it yeah, helped me. I love that. I love me a lot. Yeah. So. That's good stuff, man. I, I love it. So, Frey, thank you so much for being with us. For all the listeners, if you love this podcast, share it. How can uh, listeners check out what you're doing, Freddie? What's your social media and that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I'm, I'm mailing Instagram. Um, Freddie Noren is my Instagram name. Uh, if you have any questions or anything for me, um, you know, you can always send me a message on there or send me an email, um, uh, norinmx at gmail.com. Um, if you, uh, want to talk more about Christianity or life or, uh, whatever, just. Or moto. Moto. And how they all come together, right? Yeah. Just, uh, send me a message. I heard that I was talking to somebody earlier in the parking lot and forgive me for not remembering his name, but he said, uh, it was with FCA motocross and he said, we put the cross in motocross. There you go. I said, I like it. Let's go. <laughs> Man, Freddie's been awesome. Thank you so much for being here. For all you listeners, you know how to get a hold of Freddie. Um, share this episode, like this episode, follow this podcast, uh, share it through all the channels. If there's somebody that you know that needs to hear Freddie's story, please send this to them so they can get a good listen and uh, have a blessed day. And we look forward to hearing you on the next episode.